Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your brand new source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and I am here, as always, with my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? Doing well. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, as Tommy said, together with me, we are actually at the same place. Um, Tommy's mom and I drove down to SoCal to to have a Thanksgiving dinner here. Yeah, and it's it's been very nice. Happy Thanksgiving to all you listeners. And as you may notice, we are doing our pregame for this Sunday night football matchup against the NFC-leading Philadelphia Eagles. We're doing it a day later than usual. Apologies. But we did have to take some time off to celebrate Thanksgiving and all of the uh, busy things that come with that, cooking, cleaning, etc., etc. But we are bringing you this pregame for this matchup on Sunday right now. Packers are taking on the 9-1 Eagles, Dad. How are you? How are you feeling about that? Oof, they look like the best team in the league so far, and I mean most of the season anyway. Um, they, uh, yeah, Hertz is taking a huge step forward. The team's got good defense and offense, and it's in Philadelphia, and we have to win them all. Probably. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely as a lot of Packers players have said this week. It's do or die time for the Packers, and honestly, it's been do or die time for a few weeks now. But now it's really do or die time. This time for sure. This, we really mean do or die this time. Now we really need to win the game. Um, but anyway, before we get into our breakdown of the game, our usual pregame, let's go over a few news and notes for the Packers. Starting with the fact that the Packers have cut running back Patrick Taylor and claimed edge slash linebacker Justin Hollins, who was cut by the Rams. Hollins was a really athletic prospect out of Oregon in 2019 with really good explosive and speed grades. Uh, has one sack and one forced fumble and six total pressures this year. Run grades on PFF have been better than his pass rushing each year and a little bit down year this year compared to his last two. And he's about average, I would say. And then they did re-sign Patrick Taylor to the practice squad and uh, cut one of their tight ends. Dad, any thoughts on uh, adding Hollins, getting rid of... Uh, Getting rid of Taylor or moving Taylor so, down to the practice squad, that is? Yeah, I, um, I was wondering when they first cut him whether they were going to thought that Goodson might be ready to go or, and, and hold the third running back duty. But since they brought we able to bring Taylor back to the practice squad, I guess they'll elevate him as needed. Um, they've been wanting to add veteran edge help, and this is probably the best guy who's been available for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you – know, and that was even before – Gary went down, frankly. They they need yeah. to add edge help. And so now they he'll probably we'll see how many snaps he plays this first week, but you know, he'll probably I wonder if, how soon he'll jump ahead of Garvin, for example, on the deck. I mean, chart. they've been activating Hamilton off the practice squad for, for these games, and, so and they've his, been needing a, a fourth guy. His grades I was looking this year are no bueno. Yeah, I mean for Hamilton. Garvin's actually been improving, I would say, these last few games. He's been playing better than he has in other parts of his career, but they still need an improvement at the fourth edge spot. Yeah, I definitely. And just having a guy with some more athleticism there, I think is going to be great. I mean, I'm sure they're happy with what they've gotten out of Enigbari so far and pretty, pretty pleased with what they've gotten out of Garvin this year compared to the last few, but they definitely need some more help at those positions. Beyond that, other Packers news, literally as of about 15 minutes before we started recording, Sean Ryan, the Packers' uh, third-round rookie guard, was suspended six weeks for uh, violating the league's performance-enhancing drug um, policy. And the Packers' third-round curse continues, Dad. Yep. Every prospect is out there. It's like, 
it, when it comes to the third round, to the Packers, Packers pick, come up. Please don't pick me. Please don't pick me. Please don't pick me. I mean, it's. I mean, it. I would trade down for no value. I would trade from a third to the fourth and not even get anything back. And I think the Packers would be better off. Their success, you know, even at the same positions, a round or two later than the third, is kind of astonishing. I'm sure if they had drafted Zach Tom in the third and Sean Ryan in the fourth, though, that uh, Ryan would be better. Their career uh, trajectories would be reversed. It actually is like almost a statistical. It's it's a statistical (laughs) anomaly at this point how poorly the third rounders have been when compared to. The rest of the the rest of the draft classes. Yeah. I mean, you look back the past five years. I mean, Josiah Deguara is easily easily their best their best third round pick of the last five years. Yep. I mean, is is Oren Burks the second best? I guess you have to say yes. Like right, Oren Burks is the second best, and then even if you go back further, I mean, I'd say past ten years, Ty Montgomery's the best, and maybe um, Fackrell. Fackrell. Maybe Fackrell, yeah. Fackrell, Maybe Kyler Fackrell. If you go back, if you go back ten years, then I think Fackrell might be the best. And if you go back like fourteen years, you can get down to like Mike Daniels, and he's he's a great. That's a great third round pick. He's easily the best. I mean, he's one of the better comp picks ever. So I would in like say. the last but, twenty years, they've had one quality starter from the third round. I I can't say about years fifteen to twenty off the top of my head. Okay, who those guys last were. fifteen years. Last fifteen, I would say they had one really good starter. One qual. I would say Ty Montgomery was a quality starter. It was decent at running back. He was he had some pretty good games for the Packers. Kyler Fackrell had that one really good year, and otherwise was a very solid third third uh, rusher, like a a third rotation guy. And then, I mean, Deguara's been okay. I I don't know. Like they really we'll see. They've been missing a lot on these third rounders. It's they might as well burn these picks. Yes, they might as well trade these picks. I mean, it's it's it really is something. But anyway, it is. Those are the, of course, this just gets beaten to death by everybody because it's such low hanging fruit to to drag. But instead of anybody in the front office now, if somebody suggests trading two picks to move up into the third, <laughs> there should be somebody with class like no, 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 no. That's not something we should ever do again. Yes, I mean they they traded. I mean we were going back. It's like Orenberg's not on the team anymore. Um, traded up to get him in the third. Yep, and then Jay Sternberger, not on the didn't team make, after didn't a make year it and a half. His rookie contract didn't make it through like two years on his rookie contract or something like that. Um, Josiah Deguara, solid solid player, decent player. Um, probably a little bit of a reach there based on what he's given you, but he's at least, he's at least contributing positively on the football field. Amari Rogers, he traded up and he's not on the team anymore. Sean Ryan. I mean, I, I, yeah, but that's, here's the thing. What is he, what are the PEDs doing for him? He's not, he's barely getting active on the, on game days. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it is what it is. Um, should we move on to the injury report and move, move on, on to talking about this yeah, game? Let's, let's, let's move on. So injury report. So now that we've made it to Friday, there's, it's a lot shorter than it was yesterday. Than it was yesterday. Yes. It's which a lot shorter for both teams, but especially for the Packers. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is going to be out. It's kind of expected. Devondre Campbell, uh, is going to be doubtful for this game, but he did get in, finally participated in a practice. Yeah, limited practice today, I think, and it was the first one he's participated Done since in that since Bills his knee game. injury. Yep. Yeah. And then David Bakhtiari questionable. I think he's just always going to be questionable. It just is what it is. Yep. And then Shamar John Charles also questionable. Looks like he's finally on the mend, which is really good to see. 
because um, he's missed a lot of time now. And then on the Eagles side, they don't have anyone on the injury report. So pretty uh, pretty clean game, I'd yeah, say, both it was ways. Kind of, it, it was looking like there was going to be something because they had some people added on Thursday with uh, A.J. Brown with an illness and Devontae Smith with a knee, but then they both got take you know, um, were full participants, I think, on Friday and, and no designation. Yeah, and the main thing to remember for the Eagles is that Dallas Goddard is on IR, and Avante Maddox is also on IR. So one, they're they're and, star, and, and star so, borderline star tight end, and then one of their secondary members are both on IR. So they are missing some players, but and Jordan Davis and Jordan Davis, their, yes, their first yes. round, uh, their first round pick uh, is also still on IR. Yes, their first round D tackle also on IR. Good catch. But those are the injuries so far. There's. Um, I want to say one more thing about the injuries. So uh, just to add, you know, Rogers was. A full participant yesterday, and I don't know what it was today. And he has actually had since the thumb injury in the last whatever five weeks. He has had very few. I would look back at some of our other pregame podcasts and injury report. He has not had very many full participant practice. It's mostly been limited or DNPs. Yes, and so actually something maybe that we it's getting better finally. Something that we actually didn't talk about, which we might as well talk about here in the injury report, is we finally have confirmation on what Rodgers' injury is. He does, in fact, have a broken thumb. We had been kind of speculating at this along for some time else. in the podcast, along with everybody else, that his thumb was broken and was a big part of why he hadn't been performing up to the standard he had set the last few years. And, I mean, I think some people were like, oh, he's he's just getting old and declining. I'm like, is he going to fall off a MVP cliff that fast? I mean, that seems a bit unrealistic. But, yes, he did confirm to media that he does have a broken thumb. He... Surgery, he said, was never something that he considered and is not something he's really considering in the offseason either. Um, Matt LaFleur also said that it wasn't something that they considered was necessary for his thumb and that he's and Rogers said he's played through worse injuries. He felt like I think what he said was the knee injury he had in 2018, he said was worse. He said he played well, yeah, with, was like the tibia yeah. fracture. It was a bad one. It was the one he, that uh, similar to what JJ uh, Watt had. And yeah. And then he said that half a year. He said that he had a different finger injury in college to his pointer finger that he said hampered his throwing motion more than this one did. But, I mean, if anytime he, you have a broken bone in your throwing hand, it's going to affect the way that you play. He, right. He claimed it's not affecting his throw, and I don't think anybody that's believes that. Yeah, that's a lie. I mean, <laughs> that's just you. I mean, that's just like team speaks. Like, no, we're good. Everything's fine. We're going to – no problems. And, I mean, I appreciate – That's just kind of you know, your basics – um, I will you know, say though, I appreciate soft, him soft. not using it as an excuse because yeah. he he's missing throws. I think because I think a lot of the missed throws can be attributed to the thumb injury. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, but he's also just not seeing open players, which like that's that's with, nothing to do with the thumb. He, he so, sees with his thumb. Yeah, that has nothing to do with the thumb. I mean, he's definitely been worse this year than last year. I think some of it can certainly be attributed to the thumb, and some of it is just he's not playing as well. And I mean, I think it's a combination of the two, but it is um interesting and something to note that we finally do have confirmation on that injury. Um Well, the other thing I was going to mention in terms of uh injury that doesn't affect the roster because he's um been on IR. Mm-hmm. is Caleb Jones. He's, yes. Um, and not on yeah, IR. He's been on the NFI list. NF, right. So not right. NFI illness. Yes. Um, that he's starting to work out now after whatever it was, like a month or six weeks out with illness. And this is the first time we've heard what it was, that he's had mono. Yes. But he must be getting a little better now that he's starting to work out again. 
And he had had a really nice preseason for the Packers. And yeah, I mean, they got looked... him onto the full roster because he was playing so well, they were afraid somebody would poach him off of their um, practice squad. Yeah, and he's a big guy. And, you know, it was a little concerning that he had been on the NFI list this long, but um, we do finally know that he did have mono, and it's good to see him back, getting back to practicing, getting activated off that list. Yeah, he um, was uh, and doing some of the on, the O-line drills I saw in one of the videos from practice this week. Nice. Always good to some see. The, some, some of the blocking drills with he, Jenkins, Bakhtiari, and I don't remember who the fourth person was that uh, we caught on film doing some uh, um, blocking drills. Yeah. Um, should we move on to our official game preview now since we've let's kind of tackled the, the preview portion? Yep. Yes. Uh, let's start with our blast from the past. Every single week for these pregames, we like to talk about the last time these two teams met. Dad, when was, uh, was the last time we played the Eagles? So the last right? time was in December 2020. Um, Packers beat the Eagles 30 to 16. This was, I guess, you know, Hertz's rookie year. So it was first year of the pandemic, empty stadium, and the Eagles had both Wentz and Hertz play in that game. Yes, and Wentz, neither one was good. Wentz played the first half uh, and was really bad and took a lot of sacks. And then I think this was pretty much the official start of Jalen Hertz's like career as a starter. Is they put him right? in the second half. And I think to he, look if he, did he finish the year then? I believe he took over from that point on because they were like we're just not it's not working with Wentz to look right at now. That. But they yeah. were both bad. I mean, the QBR for both Wentz and Hertz were in the twenties. I mean, yes, um, but I will say practice. off the top of my head, I remember they were moving the ball a lot better with Hertz in there, and then he threw I think a couple picks that uh, kind of tanked his QBR. Savage had a really and, nice pick in that game. And then the, the the Packers offense, as it was most of that season, w- rolled pretty well. Rodgers I mean, threw for three TDs. Adams had 121 yards and two TDs. Jones ran for 130 yards in a rushing TD. Well, Jones had that monster 70-yard run. Do you remember the one where Bakhtiari's running alongside him? This is before oh, was before Bakhtiari's injury. Was the whole way down. It's like, now I look back at that, it's like, Bakhtiari, why didn't you just stay back at the line of scrimmage on that play? I mean... <laughs> Maybe he stressed his ACL running so far at top speed. I mean, who, who? But I do remember that was a really fun play. I mean, he it was what was play. it? Jones broke like five tackles on that play just to was, yeah, get down there. It was and the then, yeah. running down. It was the Bakhtiari running down field play. It was a great. That was a but really fun had, play. Yeah, that, and that was right after the. So the, the Packers had come out to a pretty good lead, and then they let this what, like they let the Eagles get kind of within a score with Jalen Rager's seventy-three yard punt return touchdown. That cut it to seven in the fourth quarter. The more things, uh, more things change, the more they stay the same, huh? Yeah, and then and then um, Jones ran off the long run to ice it. But yeah, yeah. Um, but they did get the win in that game. That's kind of our blast from the past. Uh, a lot has changed for both of these teams, Dad. Um, should we talk about what's been going on in Eagles World this year? Yeah, it's been, things have been uh, pretty rosy in Eagles World. Yeah, this I was year, say all all sunshine and rainbows over in Philly. <laughs> yep. It's always sunny in Philadelphia in 2022. <laughs> I mean, they have the best record in the NFL, 9-1, and one, top seed in the NFC. Um, Hertz has had a really nice year, best QBR of his career at a 106.5 versus like an 87.3 that he had in 2021. Yeah, that's yep. the rating, not the QBR. I forget the QBR numbers. Are oh, passer rating. Thank you. Passer rating has gone up. Yeah, but QBR has done the same thing where it's gone up 20 points about, but a big jump from any yep. of his previous years. He's throwing for more yards a game than he had. He's throwing for 240 a game as opposed to 210 last year. He's got 15 touchdowns and three picks. Great touchdown to interception ratio. Um, 
they have struggled than what it was before. His best before his, his best before last year was sixteen touchdowns to nine interceptions. So he's gotten much more efficient at, with the ball. And those are passing touchdowns, pass. right? Yes, not the yes. rushing touchdowns, right? But uh, they have struggled a bit the last two games, wouldn't you say? Yeah, uh, both of them. You know, they 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 got their first loss of the year two weeks ago to the the Washington Football Team Commanders. And just squeaked out a one-point win against the mostly not good Colts. Yeah, I mean, the Jeff Saturday-led Colts. I mean, like we said, uh, Jalen Hurts has been throwing for 240 a game. But in the last two weeks, he threw for a buck 75, 175 yards versus Washington. And only threw for 190 yards against Indianapolis. So definitely a bit of a downturn in those passing statistics these last two weeks. And, you know, hopefully something maybe the, the Packers can take advantage of this slight downturn after uh, yep. he had a mostly still, very strong still, year. Still on that uh, downward trend, let's hope. Let's hope. And they've also added a couple of players recently because they've had been kind of weak against the run. Yes, which so we'll get into. Been, but, so they've added Ndamukong Sue and Linval Joseph in the last like week and a half yep. to try to beef up their defensive front against the run after also it's, adding Robert Quinn earlier in the year to try to improve the pass rush. So they've been Looking to Very add active. P- pieces to their team during the season. Yeah, and I think that Ndamukong Sue and um, Limbaugh Joseph additions are definitely something that will help them a lot, especially with how much time Jordan Davis has missed uh, being on IR. Um, I mean, they're definitely old. They're definitely old, but they can they can still play. And Ndamukong Sue, uh, did you see his comments this week? Yes. he. You read his comments and like, Oh, I guess there's no chance of the Packers ever adding him to beef up their defensive uh, front. Let's just say Is he it, doesn't like the Packers. Let's just say or, that. Or Aaron Rodgers. Neither the Packers nor Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yep, it is what it is. He played in Detroit for a long time. I don't think Packers fans particularly like Ndamukong Sue either. Um, yes, I believe that feeling is uh, mutual. Mutual, yes. Anywho, should we get on to the, the meat and potatoes? Yeah, let's get into our thoughts of the team and what makes uh, or the the turkey s- and the turkey and mashed potatoes for our Thanksgiving. And yes, <laughs> and hopefully run stuffing by the Packers on the. I Eagles was going to say, hopefully we can <laughs> stuff the run. Um, so let's get on to our general thoughts on the game. We like to break these down into a few parts, and that first part is what makes the Eagles a tough matchup. Um, mind if I start? Sure, go ahead. So to me, I think what makes the Eagles a tough matchup. I mean. It's always a laundry list of items when you're playing one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league. I just think that, personally, I think they have the most well-rounded roster in the league. Uh, they have the second-ranked rushing offense by DVOA. They have the sixth-ranked passing offense by DVOA. And they have the third-ranked passing defense by DVOA. It's really well-rounded. The only thing they struggle with is rushing defense, which we'll talk about a bit later when we talk about their weaknesses. But just looking at how well-rounded they are, they have an excellent O-line. PFF has them graded as the second-best pass-blocking unit and the seventh-best run-blocking unit with players like Jason Kelsey, who I would argue is the best center in the league. Jordan Mailata was a really good left tackle, and he's also enormous. Landon Dickerson, who was like the 37th overall pick and probably would have been a much higher pick if he... This was like two years ago, uh, if he hadn't come into that draft with an injury. And then Lane Johnson, who's one of the better right tackles over the last few years. I mean, all of them are either highly drafted or well-decorated players. They have a dual-threat quarterback in Jalen Hurts that we talked about. He's averaging 240 passing yards a game and 44 rushing yards a game. They have a really solid secondary, anchored by the best corner duo in the league, arguably, 
with Darius Slay and James Bradbury both ranking in the top 20 amongst corners in coverage grade per PFF. And they have a really good wide receiver room uh, led by A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Uh, A.J. Brown, obviously a, a star and I would say almost, I would say borderline superstar in this league. And then Devontae Smith, uh, Heisman Award winning second year wide receiver out of Alabama. I mean, and this isn't even counting the fact that they're missing Dallas Goddard, their star tight end. I mean, they just have a really, really well-built roster. And then they have solid edge rushers. Interior D-line's been a little weak with Fletcher Cox getting a little older and Jordan Davis missing so much time. Javon Hargrave rushes the passer really well, though. Um, just a, yeah, just a really... Yeah, the top three edges have been doing well this year, uh, at least by PFF. Yeah, I mean, just a really, really good team and a really well-constructed roster and a team that knows who they are and how they win games. I just think it's it's a tough matchup because they're good. <laughs> that's all that's what I got. What do you what do you think makes them a tough matchup? So a couple of things are kind of similar. Like yeah, that they're well rounded both sides of the ball. And some traditional numbers, they're fourth in league in scoring, fifth in yards per game, and seventh in scoring defense and second in defensive yards per game. So we everybody talked about you know how tough the Titans were as a matchup because of Derrick Henry, but the Eagles are a better running team than the Titans. Mm-hmm. They're sixth in the league in yards per game, um, and they have both a running quarterback and a, and a good running uh, running back, which... Yeah, I mean... and they Nobody's almost... going to confuse Tannehill with a good running quarterback. <laughs> I mean, it's almost as though they don't quite have, like, a star running back. They kind of split carries between Sanders, Gainwell, and Boston Scott, but I think collectively, they make up a really, really solid running room. Yeah. And in contrast to that, they're also really good passing the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, the Titans were third to last in in yards per game. And, uh, yeah, and they uh, still Eagles threw for are, 330 are, on us. Isn't that something? Right. So imagine a team that's, you know, twice as good. They're the 12th in the league. So not near the top end. And then they have, as you mentioned, two top end wide receivers. Um, you mentioned some of the, the DVOA numbers. They're also, you know, their they're D-line, they're fifth in sack rate. Though, so their D-line is overall grading fairly well, even though they're not so good against the run because of how, how well they're doing in sack rate mm-hmm. on defense. They also, um, just to mention some other things, by ES, per ESPN, their pass rush win rate is second overall mm-hmm. in the league per ESPN. And, um, and their pass block win rate is 10th. So they're good at that as well. Yeah, I mean, um, just... and, that, that, oh, and their top two receivers. You know, I just I don't know if you mentioned uh, Brown is eleventh overall by PFF in the league, and Devonta Smith is sixth overall by PFF per uh, PFF. Just total PFF wide receiver grade, grades. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, wide receiver grades. I mean, um, just PFF. with with, with uh, you know among, among players have had enough haven't had enough. Uh, yes, of course. I mean, here's the thing: it's like there's a reason they're nine and one. <laughs> there's a reason they've only lost one game. Um, yep. I know they've been a little bit unsteady the last two weeks, like uh, a loss to Washington and then a really close uh, game against the Colts that they kind of had to squeak out at the end. They're a good football team, and I think they have a lot of different ways that they can exploit the Packers, which brings us to our second point of how they, they match up against the Packers and how what advantages they have against the Packers specifically. Um, this is, there's a list here. Yeah, do you want to go start us off? <laughs> so... You know, the obvious is expect the Eagles to run the ball a lot with Sanders yep. and Hertz on designed runs. He's uh um Hertz is, is tenth for amongst running by a QB by PFF. So specifically for running. 
And the Green Bay defensive line, according to DVOA, Football Outsiders, has now fallen to last place. I think, you know, we had a few weeks where they were, you know, like third to last, fifth to last. They're now last. Despite grading out as 17th in sack rate, which is pretty good. So that's actually pulling their overall grade up. So the run defense is low enough to drag the overall grade down to last. So and, was that and, was that D line DVOA by just total DVOA or or pass or rush or just just total? It's total DVOA for the uh, for the D line. So including okay. both the rushing grades, which includes several different rushing metrics, um, stuff rate, power rate, a couple different things about how well you do in short yardage, how well you do um, in never getting you know negative or or no game plays, and so. Last yeah. <laughs> Moral of the story: There's a there's a mismatch there. And the the trenches are going to be really tough for the Packers' yeah. defense and in this Philadelphia, game. Philadelphia, the Eagles' run block win rate that I didn't mention before is fifth overall yeah. by ESPN. Yeah. Compared to, um, if you want another metric for Green Bay's D line, you know it's it doesn't matter which um, which metric you, you use. They're the bad. Me- <laughs> metric is they're they're 29th in run stop win rate by yes, ESPN. They're, there are only 32 teams, in case in case you didn't know. And uh, the Eagles' pass rush win rate is second overall. So mm-hmm. I think this is going to be strength versus strength, actually. Um, yeah. The Packers' O-line the is Packers actually kind of O-line. rounded into and, form. And we can talk about that. I want to talk, we'll talk about the, the kind of the Packers' strengths, but uh, I have more notes there. To, to, but they've been doing really well lately. But their edges are having good years, as we mentioned. All the, sort of their top three in terms of snaps are all, all grading out very well by PFF. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm drawing a blank on on the names at the moment there and the, and on offense the eagles pass block win rate is also pretty good they're 10th and though green bay has a pass rush win rate of sixth i think a lot of that is still being carried by the numbers that gary was putting on before he was lost for the year though preston has stepped up he's moved up now into 10th among all edges in espn's pass rush win rate so he's mm-hmm. he's uh um, helping out there yeah, I mean, I feel like Preston's had a pretty solid year. Did you yeah. have any other um, things on Eagles trying to exploit? Or I have one more thing that I think, or at least it makes them, maybe this should be gone. What makes them a tough matchup is um, their their defensive secondary, as you mentioned, has been kind of the strength, and especially in the deep middle, mm-hmm. whereby Football Outsiders they are way better than any other team in the league at defending the deep middle. Yeah, I mean. Field. It's it's just a really well-rounded team. Um, for me, I think the two big things are that the Packers don't particularly tackle well, and the Eagles have a lot of good options after the catch. Uh, A.J. Brown, for instance, ranks 15th in the NFL in yards after catch per NBC Sports. Um, I know Goddard won't be playing today, but he is 6th in the NFL in yards after catch, and I think I only include that just to illustrate that they put their players in good positions to get the ball in space and move without the ball. I mean, Quez Watkins, uh, their third receiver averages like 4.7 yards after catch, uh, yards after catch per reception. That is, um, uh, off the top of my head, I believe per pro football reference. I believe I read that earlier and the Packers are really bad at tackling. I think that I think they've actually improved the last two weeks. They were down around in like the mid twenties, I believe. And now they're at like 15, 16, right about average, but they just got off to such a bad start at that this year. Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't think I trust most of the team to tackle A.J. Brown in space. I I hate to say it, but I just think that that's a colossal mismatch um, for the team. 
and just showing that the Eagles are really good at getting their guys in space and moving without the ball. Um, and then my other was that pa- the Packers under Joe Barry have historically, despite being his own team, really struggled against running quarterbacks. And here's some examples. I mean, Josh Allen this year ran for 49 yards. Daniel Jones this year ran for 37 yards. Taylor Heineke last year, 95 yards on the ground. Tyler Huntley last year, 73 yards on the ground. Justin Fields last year, 74 yards on the ground. Justin Fields last year, 43 yards on the ground. I mean, the only yeah, time, it, the only times I would say that was, they've, sorry, go ahead. But the times they play, like our opponent can't pass, like they could watch it in Chicago, but they're getting free first downs. Yeah, um, the quarterbacks just no contain, just no contain at all, and we'll talk about that later. But the only times I'd say they've performed well against a quarterback who is considered a running threat were Kyler Murray last year when they held him to 21 yards on six carries. Justin Fields this year when they held him to 20 yards on eight carries, although this was before they started doing more designed runs as part of their offensive scheme, for the Bears, that is. And then Ryan Tannehill last week where they didn't really let him scramble at all. But also, you don't really have to scramble when you're throwing for 330 yards. So I would say they've only really had two successful holds on quarterbacks who can really run the ball. Um, I am very nervous for what Jalen Hurts has, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles have in store in terms of running packages. And I think that they, that should be focus number one for the Packers defense um, is not letting him kill you with his legs because if he, if he kills, if he's killing with you, like with his legs and his arm, you got no chance. You gotta, you gotta at least make him beat you with his arm and I mean, it's still not a great option because he's having a really nice year throwing the ball too. But you can't let him kill you both ways. Like you, yeah. you, you just can't let him the, do it. In the last two weeks, he is. I, no, they have not been throwing the ball. That well. sputtering a little yeah. bit on offense. Yes. That, so I'd like to see them force that a little bit more. And it's and interesting. Also, the last two weeks without Goddard, they've been they've been struggling throwing the ball. Has been the biggest change is they have not had mm-hmm. Goddard. And I'd also, yeah, I'd like to see, can they do, if it's like last week, even though they gave up a bazillion passing yards to Tannehill, they held up pretty well in run defense against Derrick Henry. Yes. One of their best, I would say, considering the circumstances, um, run defense performances of the year. I I 100% agree. One of my big notes after the game was, look, I wanted you to stop Derrick Henry. You stopped Derrick Henry. Like... I I never would have guessed Ryan Tannehill would throw it on you like that, but it is it is what it is, I suppose, when you when you're giving all those extra resources to the to the box. But anyway, the Packers aren't entirely hopeless. They're definitely the underdogs in this game. It's in Philly, like we said, but there are definitely some ways I think that they could go about exploiting the um the Eagles. And I think for me, the first one is running the ball. We talked about earlier, the Eagles have really high ranks in pass defense by DVOA, but they only rank 26th in run defense by DVOA. And this is part of the reason that they added Ndamukong Sue and Linval Joseph. Um, so they were really having trouble um, getting gashed up the middle with Jordan Davis out. They're allowing 122 yards per game on the ground per team rankings, which is 19th in the NFL. It's below average. Uh, versus the Colts, even with Ndamukong Sue and Linval Joseph in, they allowed 99 yards on the ground. Um, they did limit Jonathan Taylor's average pretty well, but he did carve them up a bit in the first half. And then, I mean, their, their run defense definitely improved with Ndamukong Sue and Linval Joseph there. But it's still, I think, the place you need to start when you're talking about attacking this team is running the ball. 
And then I think the other thing is getting the ball to players in space. Specifically, I think it's going to it's gonna have to be Aaron Jones because the Eagles, despite being a good defense, per PFF, have the 29th graded tackling defense on on the year. Um, if That's you can very get, interesting. It's not something I would have... I had I was aware of or would have guessed. Yeah, I know. And I was actually also pretty shocked. But yeah, when you go to defense 22 regular season, they're 29th, right? Just ahead of the Browns, the Raiders, and the Jaguars. I mean, and PFF grades, obviously not perfect, um, not a perfect metric, but it's something that's just another data point. And I think if you're attacking this team, I would love to see a lot of screens. I, I would love to see it. I know it's not always the best part of the it's not always super efficient to run wide receiver screens but I would love to see some some screens to Aaron Jones. I feel like they have not used the screen game much at all this year. Um not entirely sure why that is, but I would love to see them get the ball out in space and I think that in the running game um would be the two biggest ways that they can go about at least trying to get an edge against the Eagles. What, what yep. are you feeling about on that? So I have some of those same things about uh, their the, the Philadelphia Eagles D-line rating is is poor against the run in a number of ways. Um, so I think it's game to try to get the run game to work. I think the Green Bay offensive line is really coming together, you know, especially in pass blocking. Bakhtiari is first overall now in pass block win rate in the league and Nyman is sixth among tackles, that is. Yes, the tackles are doing – the tackles are playing well, but the interior – but had a run, really down game against the Titans, and they're going to need to bounce back this, but, this game. But for the season, pass block win rate, Myers is fifth at center. He's actually doing okay. Now, he doesn't show up in uh, the, the run block uh, win rate. I pretend but, uh, I so do that, not so see. This, so this would be something, and I have kind of a matchup, but uh, to look at how the pass blocking holds up overall. But I think the tackles have been doing pretty well. And the edge is where I think the, their best pass rush um, winning is coming from as opposed to against the titans their best pass rush well part of it was just how good yeah. um they were but at I, the middle with, i with, will uh, stay Simmons. i will say despite grades i am concerned about myers and runyon against oh Fletcher yeah Cox i have that as a to watch i'm very i'm very concerned how how he holds up against uh um their, their interior cox and sue and joseph rotating in and hargrave but, don't forget uh, hargrave Oh, no. Hargrave's a good player. Um, but I think the other thing I want to say that kind of is similar to some of the things you said earlier is, although they're amazing at covering, at, at coverage in general, the Eagles are, and elite in covering the, a team's top two receivers. They're number two in the league against number one receivers and and lead the league in covering number two receivers. But other receivers, tight ends, and running backs as pass catchers, they're kind of ordinary. So I think this might be a place, as you mentioned, to use the running backs in screen game to throw passes to uh, running backs and tight ends um, to try to find uh, space to gain some yards. Mm-hmm. And then also on the defensive side, without Goddard, the Eagles' tight ends are very ordinary. Yes, it's, um, uh, maybe Stoll, even, I believe, maybe, is Jack, is Jack and, Stoll? And, and, is there maybe, number one now? Um, it would be more accurate to say below average. Yeah. So this may actually free up the linebackers mm-hmm. to be this, able to help out more in the run game. Boy, do I wish we had Campbell for this game. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. At least we're going to have Quay, it sounds like, even and though he's he been left improving, last game. So that's been yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was one thing we didn't mention about in the injury report. We had three injuries during the last game. Um, Savage, um, Quay, and Slayton all had to leave the game at one point. And um, Quay was a full participant, I think, all week, or and has no designation. Savage was never had an injury designation all week, and neither did Slayton. So we actually kind of escaped the last game pretty well in terms of injuries. Yeah, and that's that's at least some kind of silver lining to that game. And the fact that they had an extra long week to recover did not hurt. Yes, they get the mini-buy. They've been desperate for some kind of a break. Goodness, I can't believe the buy is this this late this year. I mean, it's week 14, right? Yeah, bye? I think that's right. Week 14, we oh, still got a couple man. more weeks before the buy. I'm counting the buy as a win this year. That's we're, <laughs> we're moving that we're moving that one into the win column. Um, I think that's kind of what we have for yeah. the Packers being able to exploit the Eagles. Should we talk a bit about what we want to see from the Packers in this game? Sure. You want to go first, or mm, you go ahead first. So, as you mentioned, um, I want to see the Packers running the ball. Yep, um, definitely. Until the Eagles prove that their changes have improved the run defense. But especially I want to see them run to the left side where their D-line grades by football outsiders is bottom three. It's interesting that wide right for some reason, they are much better. But Mm -hmm. wide left and behind the left tackle and and a little less so behind the center, the Eagles run defense is weakest. So that, that's what I'd like to see them looking to those spots. And then, you know, as we talked about how good the Eagles' pass coverage grades are overall, short middle and to the right are where they are less elite. Mm-hmm. And so it may be where that they, they could be looking to throw those screen passes to the running backs and tight ends. They want to work that, that part of those parts of the field yeah. with some um, screen passes to the middle and perhaps some shots to the right side. I would love to see you? Christian Watson continue his uh, his ratio I mean, if, of, of ridiculous amount really of touchdowns. What I'd like to see, I'd like to see Christian Watson sprint for four touchdowns. Yes, I mean, why not? Since we're since we're since we're out here hoping, um, I think the things that I want to see is limit Jalen Hurts's scrambling. Um, I think Enigbare and Preston. It's going to be really important, and Garvin and um, uh, Hollins if he plays, um, of course, at edge. I would really love to see them stay in their rush lanes, the D-line as well. You can't let Hurts break the pocket on you. I think disciplined pass rush is going to be really important in this game because he can really kill you with his legs. And a rushing quarterback, I mean, I think I read somewhere that the EPA on scrambles is way higher. Uh, it's the expected points added per play. On scrambles is way higher than the expected points added per play from just a regular like dropback. Um just something to keep in mind. Just don't let him scramble. Make the Eagles throw. Um, I saw, like we said, they've kind of struggled to throw the ball the past two games versus Washington and Indianapolis. I think I saw, I was just looking. So in the drive that the Eagles took down the field to take the lead on the Colts, they were down six, uh, 16 to 10, late in the fourth, three uh, three seventeen left to go. And they called three passing plays and got a pass interference. And then they called eight straight running plays and scored the go-ahead touchdown to win the game. And I think three of those were Jalen Hurts runs. Something that Benjamin Solak of The Ringer, um, who is an Eagles uh, 
fan as well. He does a lot of work for the Eagles, does a lot of good work for the ringer. Was saying was Jalen Hurts has thrown the ball well this year, but when you look at that drive in crunch time, the Eagles were calling plays like they didn't trust Jalen Hurts to throw the ball because they're down six. And some people were saying, oh, they were just killing time. I mean, you don't kill time down six. Uh, you don't run it eight straight times down six if you think you're going to be able to pass it on Indianapolis. And so it seems that he was saying that the Eagles didn't trust their passing offense to really move the ball when they really needed to situationally at the end of that game when it was essential. And that was what he was saying as someone who's like pretty tuned into the Eagles. And I found that very interesting because, like we said, Hertz has had a much better year passing the ball than he has in the past. I think he's definitely in the MVP candidate uh, conversation. They're 9-1 and one for a reason. And on the thing is, with all of that said, he's struggled to throw the ball the last two weeks without Goddard there. Um, yeah, and one thing I just wanted to look up about Goddard. So he's the number five graded tight end by PFF. In the league he's right been now. insane. He's he was averaging, I think, like eight point eight yards after catch on the year. Like he was a really important weapon for this offense, and I think it's been underplayed how much they're missing with him out. Yeah, one um, thing I was trying to check on is whether you know his though his his pass blocking and run blocking are kind of are kind of right in the oh. right in the midline average. So I was wondering if they were also suffering from losing him as a blocker as well as a receiver. Though it seems to be more his receiving ability that's having the biggest having the impact right now based on yeah. what he's grading out well at yeah and i mean yeah i just looked it up he was averaging 8.4 yards after catch per reception which i think was on pace to be like the third most all time for a tight end or something like that something something absurd and i think they just need to make i <sighs> They need to make the Eagles throw. The Eagles can throw, but they're much more dangerous when they're running the ball, in my opinion, and when Jalen Hurts is really threatening you with his legs. They've struggled to throw it the last two weeks, and those teams have played them really close. So let's 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 see if the Packers can do that as well. Going beyond that, I would love to see us tackle, for the love of God. Uh, A.J. Brown and Hurts will punish you if you don't wrap up, especially A.J. Brown. And then I would love to see them stick with the run. Uh, if they get behind in a negative game script, I think... It's going to be really tough. Uh, keep it close. Make it make it an ugly game. Uh, yes. Make it just drag them into the try mud to, and see if you can beat them first, and and then lean on the run game. Yeah, I mean, I think they need to make this game as ugly as they can, and just hope for the best. Uh, see if they can get the Philly crowd to boo their home team. Uh, <laughs> do a There's little, a good do a little psychological I, warfare there, maybe. What, yeah. What's the what's what are the odds on that? Uh, that at some point the Philly fans will uh, will boo their their home team. But yeah, and then the other thing I want to see is I want to see them stick with the run, like I said. And those are the main things I want to see from the Packers. Um, moving on, uh, what players are you looking at this game or matchups? So as I mentioned before, I'm going to be looking at Myers at center. How well does he hold up against the Philadelphia interior? We need a bounce um, back game from him, him and Runyon. Need, yep. Uh, yeah, because Runyon had a kind of a rough game last game too. So the interior off- offensive line, how well will they hold up and, and be able to create rushing lanes? Yeah, I mean, they couldn't run the ball at all versus Tennessee because the interior just melted like cardboard every single but also, time they tried but to run. That's where Tennessee's run defense was I was going to say, the that game was the plan was bad. Part yes. of the running defense, and they just they kept trying to run up the middle. Yes. And uh, so they were just the, running into a brick wall with their head heads down four or so, five times every so drive. So one thing, you know, that. You know, the, the teams that seem to have had like the, the magic formula against the Packers the last few years are really strong running game, 
and a really strong run defense. Yep. The Eagles only have one of those two. The Titans had both, and the teams we've struggled with the last few years have had both. I would say they struggle. I think you can take the strong running game out of it. They they struggle when they when the Packers can't run the ball. They really struggle. They really struggle when they can't run, run the ball. Offense. And they have they have ever since Lafleur has been here. Yeah. I mean, they've struggled to score if they can't run the football. It just changes which the is, whole structure. It does something to the whole offense where it just kind of falls yeah. apart. It's it's wild. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely something to keep an eye on is is Myers specifically and Runyon as well. And then I saw you had Clark down here as well. Yeah, I'm looking for Kenny Clark to have a bounce back game and have more impact. He's he's had kind <sighs> of a like down five, year. Five straight like, weeks of I would say average to slightly below average play. I mean, he hasn't so been I'm, atrocious out there, but so I'll be watching him to see how if he can make more impact plays. Yeah, I mean they need him to because I mean he was almost a non-factor against a backup center last week, like we said on the post-game pod. I mean, yep. it's just it's been really a really rough go of it for him. For me, the players I'm watching are Enigbari and Preston um, Smith, that is. I just need them to not overcommit on their rushing lanes and right. please keep contained in the pocket because... And I feel like they did a pretty good job of that last week. Um, and the, setting the edge against yeah. the run. Yeah, and I think, well, more so just not collapsing too hard on a po- diving like just in diving stay into in your center rush- and, and stay in your rush Hertz lanes when you're scramble the outside exactly stay in your rush lanes when you're rushing the passer you've got to yes. maintain rush lane discipline so you don't open up and, escape brutes and the other thing i'm watching is i want to see how koi walker is deployed i <laughs> wonder how much they're going to use him as a spy um i would like to see that at least a little bit uh just because jalen hurts as a runner is so dangerous um. Yep. Yeah, I think those so are the those are the two players I'm watching the most. Something the they would do players. where they have both Barnes because I'm kind of I'm assuming the Campbell's not going to be ready yet. So that when Barnes and and Quay are both out there, do they have Quay Walker operate as yes, spy? Exactly. And I think the other, I mean, with a scrambling quarterback, I just am so worried about third downs. I mean, they were so bad on third downs last week that it was almost almost a borderline statistical anomaly to be that bad on third downs. I know they ended 7 of 13, but it started 7 of 10. And a lot Please of those be, long. A lot yes. of like third and 10s, yes. third and 7s. So they were Please converting. be better on third downs this game, for when the love of God. When you force the third and long, please convert with the stop. And it's the complete antithesis of what they were in the beginning of the year. The beginning of the year, they were one of the best third down defenses in the league. And then they all of a sudden... Exactly. They just never forced them. But then all of a sudden they're they're actually forcing some third downs and they just can't they can't buy a stop last week at least. And I would love to see a bounce back game from the secondary while we're on that topic. I thought the secondary was really, 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 really bad last they week. They reverted was... to early season yeah. like Vikings I, game where players running uncovered. I thought it was some of the like some of the worst, like as a unit, the secondary has played all probably the worst game I think the secondary has played as unit all year to allow like the third to last ranked passing defense, throw it all over you. And uh, they need a, they need a bounce back game. They need to win right now. Um, like we said, the Packers have their backs against the wall. They are four and seven and they need to win six straight to even they to need win, to win six, six straight, straight and get help to make the playoffs at this point. Yep. It's not six impossible. Get them to 10 and seven, which usually, but not guaranteed makes it in. Yes. But shall we get to our score predictions? Why Wrap this thing up. Sure. You want to go first? So, I do not have 
maybe maybe some players will say these are Green Bay Rhodes color glasses that I have on. Yeah, but I have that Eagles winning thirty to seventeen. Thirty to seventeen. What? Uh, how'd you? Uh, how'd you land there? <laughs> so you were those like like what? What are you on that you're having the package score seventeen? Uh, how points? did you land there? How did you land there? I mean, I, I can I don't see expect it. a particularly high-paced game. I think the Packers will be able to get a couple of drives, okay, um, one or two shot plays. So that basically just three scoring drives out of whatever they get ten. Yeah, I was I was curious because um, I was just pulling this up for my own edification. The Eagles are only six and a half point favorites at home. Feels kind of low, right? I have, me personally, I have my score prediction is Philly 27, Green Bay 10. Um, That's not that different from mine. No, it's not. Uh, I wanted you to fill time while I looked up what the spread was, if we're being honest. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it, it is kind of, I guess people are giving a lot of credence to the fact that the, the, the Packers are essentially a cornered rat right now and you don't want to mess with one. I mean, they maybe no, they've got no way out. Maybe Vegas has given them a little bump because they've had a little extra prep time. Um, and Philly, Philly's looked a little off the last two weeks. Could be that. Um, I'd be a, I'd be a little surprised. Six and a half is still kind of surprising. I would have thought it would be closer to eight, especially at home. Um, mm-hmm. but those are our score predictions: twenty-seven to run, ten for me, run, run thirty table, to seventeen baby. for you. Uh, run the table, run the table. Let's go. We haven't gotten the iconic Rogers quote yet. No, the closest thing we got was we're not dead yet. That was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I was gonna say that was a uh, that was when we beat the Cowboys <laughs> and everything was nice and rosy. Um, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Cowboys fans are rooting for us this week though. But anywho, that's our pregame coverage for the Packers Eagles game coming to you on Sunday night football in prime time in Philly, city of brotherly love. Can the Packers pull off the upset? Six and a half dogs on the road. City of brotherly love and booing. Yes. Hopefully the Packers can pull off this upset. I mean, it's tough because if they lose this one, I think, as Rasul Douglas said, it's time to start planning your vacations for the holidays. Until next time, though, we will be doing a post-game pod on Monday, if you want to come give it a listen after the game, with all of our notes about how the Packers played, how the Packers hopefully pulled off the win. Fingers crossed, knock on wood. So come check that out. And if you liked what you heard today, Come check us out on Twitter, at FatherSonPacker. We post new episode updates. We post articles that we find interesting, Packers injury reports, any Packers news topics. Post all of that on our Twitter, so come give us a follow. We'd really appreciate it. And if you like what you heard even more than that, come subscribe to us on YouTube, at FatherSonPackers Podcast. It would really help our numbers out, and we'd really appreciate it. But until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.